0: God's word for our meditation this morning is our epistle lesson from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul writes, But you, man of God, flee from all this, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses, in the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. So this is week four of four in this series called Church and Culture. And just a quick recap, if you weren't able to be here, or just a reminder, if you were, of what we've looked at so far. In the first week... We see that as the church living in an anti-christian culture, we are called to have mercy. To love the people around us, no matter what. No matter if they hate us, no matter if they oppose us, no matter what at all, we are called to have mercy. To make the mercy of God known because again, Jesus Christ died for all. For all who hate him. For all who despise him. For all who don't believe in him. For all who even deny that he exists. Jesus died and rose for their forgiveness too. And so we, as the church, go and have mercy for all. And the second week, we saw that there is the assurance from Jesus himself that we will be hated. That we will face opposition when we proclaim the truth, when we live the truth, when we share the truth, there will be those who hate us. Expect it. Last week, we got to see that no matter what, we hold fast to the truth. We proclaim those truths of God, and we proclaim this book as the very words of God. This is the word of the Lord, no matter what. No matter what society says, no matter what our flesh wants to say, no matter what the people in our lives say, no matter what, this is the word of God, and we hold to it in all of its truth and purity. So god today as we wrap up this series on the church in this anti-christian culture and what we do and how we don't just survive but thrive we're promised that this world's only going to get more and more ungodly things are not going to get better that doesn't mean we give up on our work doesn't mean we continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, we continue to hold fast to that truth and proclaim that truth. But while we're in the struggle, while we're in the fight, knowing, knowing that this is what we're going to face, we look forward. We look forward to what's to come. What comes after this struggle? What comes after the fight? What comes after this ungodly world. We look forward to the life to come. And that's what the Apostle Paul is writing to his young friend and fellow pastor, his, his mentee, as he's writing to him here in this letter that we know as First Timothy. Paul's writing to Timothy and instructing him on, on how to be a pastor, uh, on how to hold to the truth and preach the truth and carry out his, his duties. And he comes here near the end of this letter. And he encourages him to fight as you look forward. And that's the encouragement and the instruction to you and I today too. Through these words that are not just meant for Timothy. But that are here the inspired words of God for us as the church. And as for each of us as Christians living in this ungodly world. To fight as you look forward. We're called to fight. Not with guns, not with actual physical swords, not with our fists, not even with our words. We're told to fight the good fight of the faith. The faith, the confession of Jesus Christ as God and Lord. The confession of him who lived perfectly, who was crucified for us, who rose from the dead, who ascended into heaven, to fight the good fight of that confession of faith that we hold to and we believe and we profess to the world, to fight that good fight. That's what we're called to do as the church, as individual Christians, to fight. And what do we do when we fight? How do we fight this battle? How do we fight the good fight of the faith? Well, you've heard of the stress response of fight or flight, right? That when you're faced with a difficult situation, faced with a stressful situation, psychologists say most people are fight or flight. You're going to stand up and fight them, or are you going to run? Well, the fight of the good fight of the faith, it's both. You see, the fight is the flight, partly. We are called to flee From all this, Paul tells us. And what is it we're to flee from? What is the all this that Paul is is writing about here to Timothy? Well, if you have a Bible open and you go write the verses just before this, you see very clearly what the all this is that, that we are called to flee from in this fight. We are called to flee from false teachers. Flee from all those destructive heresies, anything that would lead you away from the truth. Flee from those things. Flee from the things of this world, the things that, the pleasures of this world that, that will lead you away from God. Flee from the love of money. Flee from all of those ungodly, evil things that take your eyes off of God and on your flesh. Flee from all of this, Paul says to us. Part of the fight is flight, to flee from all of this, and, and, and the, the picture in the, in the original language of the fleeing is, is to seek safety from what's endangering you. And let's be honest, these things are a danger to us and to our souls. The love of money, false teachings, the evil of this world around us, they're, they're dangerous to our souls. Flee for safety, Paul That's part of the fight. But it's not just fleeing, it's also pursuing, he says. He says, as you fight that good fight of faith, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. So as we flee, we also pursue. But we pursue just the opposite. We pursue those things that are of God. We pursue the righteousness of Christ that we are clothed with in our baptism. We pursue that holiness that God has called us to in Christ Jesus. We pursue what is godly, what is good, what is holy. We pursue faith to have a stronger faith, a deeper faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior. We pursue love The love of God for us, to know it better and more and deeper. We pursue endurance so that we're not threatened to give up and give in. We pursue gentleness as we live in our relationships with one another. These are the things we pursue and run after and chase after. The picture here in in that word, in the original, is that we run rapidly and decisively after something we want. There's something we long for. We pursue it. That's fighting the good fight of the faith. And how do we do this? How do we flee from these these ungodly things and pursue these godly things? We immerse ourselves in this word of God. We come here to this table and receive in Jesus' body and blood these blessings. We remember our baptism. And I hope you did this morning as you saw two young men being brought into the family of God through baptism. You remembered your baptism. And what God did for you there, clothed you in that holiness of Jesus, washed away your sins, gave you that power to say no to sin and to live for him. That's how you fight the good fight of the faith. You know what else to do? You surround yourselves with people who are going to encourage you in your faith. With family and friends and and a church that is going to spur you on towards loving good deeds. That's going to admonish you when you need to be admonished. It's going to call you to repentance when you need to be called to repentance. It's going to offer you the forgiveness, full and free forgiveness of sins when you need to hear it. We surround ourselves with Christians that are going to lead us to Jesus. How do we fight the good fight of the faith? We find it in the Word of God that we hear and we receive as we eat and drink, as we speak it to one another. So we go back to our baptism fight the good fight of the faith that's what we're called to do as we wait and we're waiting aren't we we long for this fight to be over we long for the struggle to end and it will and that's why we also get to look forward we fight while we look forward we fight the good fight of the faith And while we do that, what do we do? We confess our faith. Paul writes to Timothy that he got to make the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. That he got to stand in front of his fellow believers and confess his faith in his triune God. And that's what we get to do here. When we gather together in this place, we get to confess our faith with each other and to each other. We just did it in the Nicene Creed. We do it as we sing our songs. We do it as we pray together. We are confessing our faith together in the presence of many witnesses. That's what we do together as we wait, as we look forward. But we don't just do it here. We don't just confess our faith here in the safety of these walls. We go and make a confession of our faith out in the world too. That's the other part of fighting the good fight of the faith. Paul writes to Timothy that that's what Jesus did. He made good confession as he stood before Pontius Pilate before the Roman governor who had his life in his hands earthly speaking. He made the good confession that he is a king. That he was God himself. That he was the Savior. And what did it cost Jesus? His life. We go before the Pontius Pilots of this world. We go to this world and we make the good confession of who our Savior Jesus is for us and for all people, no matter what that might mean. Fighting the good fight of the faith means making him known, proclaiming him to the world, no matter what that might mean. even death. Even as Jesus said in our gospel lesson, even if it might mean separation of families, to go and proclaim Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, for that of all, that's fighting the good fight of the faith. To know we have nothing to be afraid of, nothing to worry about because we know who goes with us. Now, for those of you who have been here the last couple of weeks, you may be wondering how I was going to weave in the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, I don't have a way today. But I do have another movie. <laughs> a movie that I, I still really like. I guess I haven't seen it in a long time, but really, really liked when I was younger. Um, the movie Braveheart, if you've seen that one before. Eh? William Wallace, a Scottish guy who stood up to the King of England and. Re- led that revolt, that rebellion, ended up losing his life. But remember that very famous scene, if you've seen the movie? He's rallying the troops who want to go home. And he says, you know, you might go home and save your life for a little while. All right. But he says then, they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. They may take our lives. This world might take our lives, but they can never take our freedom. And I'm not talking about the freedom we're going to celebrate in just a couple of days here in our country. No, I'm talking about a much greater freedom. The freedom that waits for us in heaven. The freedom from opposition and struggle and hatred. The the freedom from sin and suffering and death. They may take our lives, but they can never take that freedom from us. So we fight the good fight of the faith. No matter what. Looking forward to what's ahead. Paul tells Timothy, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Dear friends, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. That eternal life is already yours right now. It belongs to you. Yes, you don't have it quite yet. You're not there yet, but it already belongs to you through Jesus Christ. That eternal life is yours. Take hold of it. Let that be your peace. Let that be your comfort. Let that be your strength as you go and fight the good fight of the faith. Eternal life is already yours right now. And notice that you were called to it. It's not something that you did. It's not because you go and fight so well. It's not because you are so faithful to your God. It is not because of anything you could do or ever ever do. You were called to this eternal life. God brought you to faith through the work of the Holy Spirit, through that gospel, to give you that promise of every sin forgiven, of eternal life that's yours right now. Let that be your peace. Let that be your strength. Let that be your motivation. You were called to it, all by God's grace. And there's the promise that Paul says to Timothy and to you that God will bring it about in his own time. And we we say with John, as he says in the end of Revelation, some of the last recorded words of Scripture, come Lord Jesus, come, come and take us to be with you. And we long for that and we want that and God will bring that about in his own time. That's a promise. And to know that every moment until that time, He is there to strengthen us, to fight that good fight of the faith as we look forward to that eternal life that God will bring about at his time. And while we wait, Paul tells us that we make that good confession. He makes this charge to Timothy and to us, to the church, to every one of us, to do this without spot or blame. And I don't know about you, but I look at I look at my life, and there's lots of spots. (laughs) There's lots of blame on me. But to know that in Jesus, we are spotless, and we are blameless. To know that we will get to stand before the throne of God spotless and blameless, not because of us, but because of that righteousness of Christ that we receive through faith. And that even now, God looks at us through Jesus with no spot and no blame because of our faith in him. God sees, our Heavenly Father sees Jesus as he looks at us. And so we simply get to go and proclaim the one who has made us his. And as we do that, to remember who this is. This is how Timothy, uh, Paul ends his Timothy section to Timothy. He says, God, this one who will bring this about, this one who is with you, this one who has made you holy and spotless and blameless, this one who calls you to fight the good fight of the faith, who is this? He is the blessed and only ruler. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or, or can see. To him be glory and might forever. Your friends, as, as the church and as individual Christians, as we, we look at the world that we're living in today and we look at the opposition that we face to our faith and to what we profess as the truth, as we see our world becoming more not only more anti-Christian but more ungodly all the time, it's easy to become afraid. It's real easy to begin to worry and to doubt and become troubled. But remember who your God is. Remember who he is. The one who calls you. The one who equips you. The one who gives you his sword of the spirit to go and fight the good fight of the faith. And while you do that, to continue to look forward. When you will get to be in that light, no longer will it be unapproachable. You will get to approach the very throne of God and you will get to see him with your own eyes. Look forward to that. Let that be your strength and your peace as you take up that sword of the Spirit and fight that good fight of the faith as we fight it together as the church. God grant us His peace and His strength as we go and take up the fight. Amen. And now may God.